0: The angel asks Mary if she is willing to bear the Son of God. He says to her, Hail, full of grace. When we pray the Hail Mary, we're using words that the angel spoke. And Mary, it says, pondered what sort of greeting this might be. It's the first time in Scripture that anyone is ever called full of grace. What do you think is the most important thing that has happened in human history? I'm not looking for a particular right answer. Thoughts? The end of World War II, because that kind of started the Atomic Age, which has been really important. That's a great answer, Luca. (laughs) Extremely articulate. (laughs) Other thoughts? Marty says the birth of Jesus. Interesting thought. Well put. Yeah, there's a a story that I really like. Uh, from the life of Justice Antonin Scalia, a Supreme Court justice who died a couple of years ago. Uh, He was a close friend of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died a couple of months ago. And he says that when he was uh, taking comprehensive exams, I think at the end of college, he had studied history. And uh, during the exam, one of his professors asked him what the most important event in human history was. And he started to think about back to everything that he had studied in history class. Was it something that happened in the Peloponnesian War? Did Thucydides write about it? Was it in ancient Rome? Was it the end of World War II? I think a lot of people would give that answer. And then he stopped and he thought about his professor and what this particular professor was like. And he started thinking about things that he hadn't studied in his history classes. And he told his history professor, in the middle of his comprehensive exam for the end of college, the most important thing that happened in human history was the incarnation. With a little bit of competition, other events, like the crucifixion and the resurrection, there's a good chance that that is the most important thing in human history. For it to be the most important thing in human history doesn't mean that people have to recognize it or see it or pay attention to it. If it's important, it's important regardless of anyone, whether anyone acknowledges that. But, if we can acknowledge that, it affects the way we look at the world and the way we act, and also the way that we understand history. Because if the most important event in human history is something that God did, becoming flesh, it means that God is the main character in human history. And God is the main character in human life. Life is not mainly about our initiative the plans that we undertake, or the good that we want to do. All of those things are important. But they're important because God has entered into them and is doing something inside of them. And all of that is able to happen. God is able to enter into the world. Because of Mary. When we read about in this gospel, who's depicted in this window here. When I first came to OLV, I didn't really think much about this window. It didn't strike me as particularly interesting. It was kind of ordinary. But as I was here for longer, I kept spending time looking at that window after, usually after daily mass during the week. And it started to seem to me like maybe there was a certain kind of life in the window. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, that, that a piece of art can sort of communicate something beyond it. And friends who have come to visit have kind of remarked that that window catches their attention. And there are kind of just two things I want to point out about this window that are indicative about who Mary is. So the first thing is, it's, it's a good window, so it's letting through light. That's what good windows do, and there is a little bit of light right now. When I gave this homily yesterday, there was not very much light coming through that window. And that is exactly what Mary does. Mary's a human being, so she's intrinsically valuable, in and of herself. But she was willing to let God communicate through her. You know, from what we can gather, Mary was probably 12 or 13 or 14 or 15, maybe 18, when this angel came to her. And there are so many things she could have said in reply. She could have said, I'm just 12. I can't carry the savior of the world. She could have said, well, you see here, Gabriel, I'm engaged. And if I'm pregnant, this is going to be really hard to explain to Joseph. (laughs) She could have said, Gabriel, this sounds great, but I'm a senior, and I have a scholarship for next year. I can't do this. And we would have understood if Mary had said something like that. We're used to reasoning and thinking that way. And I think part of the reason that God picked somebody young, that he picked basically a teenager, not that teenagers aren't stubborn, but that adults have a certain kind of stubbornness, can sometimes have a hardness of heart, where they're so set on their plans, not out of a real passion or determination, but just because it's what we've decided we're going to do. That if this angel came to an adult, the adult might have said, listen, I got this far, here's what I'm doing with my life. I don't have time for you, Gabriel. But teenagers have a particular kind of passion and a desire not to let the world be just as it is and a desire to make it different. And Mary, as much as we can picture her as being kind of just perfect, or somebody in pictures, had that. She must have had that, if she had the openness to say this to Gabriel. She communicated something beyond herself. And then the other thing is that, in this particular image, and this isn't always common in images of Mary, she's doing something with her hand. She's kind of pointing a little. I've always imagined that she was pointing at Jesus, although Deacon Willis said to me this morning, when I first came to OLV, I wondered if she was pointing at me. I just assumed she was pointing to Jesus. And that's because that's what Mary always does. You know, sometimes Catholics get accused of worshipping Mary. That's not what we do. But we venerate Mary, and we ask for her prayers and her, her intercession the way you could ask anybody in this room to intercede for you, if you had some need. But Mary always takes us where we are, whatever we're going through, and draws us closer to her son. So as we approach Christmas, in a couple of days, do we have plans, or ideas, or preconceived notions that are keeping God out of our life? Do we have plans that we're running through, going through with? Not because we discerned they were God's will first, but because we just thought we should do them. Is there anything that we should take a step back and reconsider? How does God want to become flesh in your life?